With so many different platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Hi guys, welcome back to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. And today I have, as usual, Chris hey guys, with what's us. Up? And another special guest, Christopher Kerwolf. Thank you so much for having me. How do you say the last name again? Christopher Kerwolf. Kerwolf. I, I would uh, probably that's a say uh, Kerwolf. But Kerwolf. You know, Kerwolf. But it you're is, from always, right? So, Jutland um, or... I'm actually born in Copenhagen, so that's what I, all that's they say that <laughs> I'm born in Copenhagen. Is that a lie? Is that that's like a, a that's standard thing. Jutland lie? You just want to be close to Copenhagen, but you know. Okay, <laughs> I believe you. She doesn't. I do. But Kjellf is uh, it's a weird name, and it's it doesn't get any easier when you go traveling. Let me uh, let me put it like that. Yeah, it's probably pretty hard. Cabernus is also hard. Yeah, they're like they can't spell it. They. They just say kubunus or <laughs> a lot of people cover nuts. I get that a lot. Cover nuts? Cover nuts. Oh, copper nuts. Good. I get that a that's lot cute. as well. So that's a problem. So, but welcome. Thank you. And uh, who are you and what do you do? So uh, who am I? So as I said, my name is Christopher. I have worked with social media for how many years now? Six, seven Forever. years, I think. It feels like forever, I mean, <laughs> but I got kids uh, now, so that really does help feeling, uh, feeling making old. you feel a little bit older. Yeah, exactly. No, but I started working with social media back in 14, I think, okay. uh, at a Danish company called Confus. Oh, uh, yes. One of the... Uh, well-known. Well-known, especially in Denmark, because as they joked about, the only way that they could get a, a bigger market share it were if they had like 110 mm percent of the market so okay. what Confus did was pumps yeah. energy efficient pumps and and they were starting to get into social media and saying how can we not only stay in contact with our main audience the the installers the engineers yeah. the people that are out there putting the pumps in and the people that are specking a, a building yeah. but also getting across with their with their agenda of, of trying to save on emissions trying to save right. water trying to save electricity messaging exactly and stuff like that, yeah. then trying to tie all of that into social media and having yeah. a conversation it's a tough one yeah. especially with engineers and things like that i think it's i mean obviously nowadays everybody's on social so you can find everybody but there has been discussions i've had with, with large brands specifically like that like okay is our audience actually here and what do they actually want to hear from us yeah. on a platform like like Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is, right? All the way back then, I think that the platform that we focused uh, the most on was Facebook. Mm. And it was very evident for us that the engineer community that we had actually went really well. Yeah. But when we, we were looking at installers, mm -hmm. we just didn't... We, finding that key to resonate with that target audience and that platform, also because the, the creative that we had was like very up there like okay. it always had to look like a million dollars and you know mm -hmm. we had crazy graphics and i just think that the language that we employed on on those platforms just didn't resonate very yeah. well because we were speaking in a very different way from when i have to look back sitting from where i'm at today with the knowledge that i have i would probably have said okay we have to speak in a, a very different way especially as brands become more and more global 
And if you go back to the Grundfos thing that I was talking about, where where you talking to so many different people at once, so many different target audiences spread over. Like Grundfos was a on, I want to say every market in the world. Yeah. And if you're trying to reach that many different individuals and and that you don't feel comfortable changing it up and saying okay so if i'm talking to an installer in denmark or and talking to one in asia and one in the us and i'm also trying to reach the uh, sustainability uh, minded politicians politicians. obviously having just one tone of voice just won't cut it and you have to figure out how to somehow have that red thread across the many different tones yep. that you have to employ. And obviously that's where the problem is, right? How do you come to a point where there is just an identity, but obviously as I've talked to a lot of people about, so when I'm talking to you guys, I'm I'm still me, but I'm obviously talking differently than when I'm with yeah. my grandparents, because I have to put on a completely different perspective with them to, yeah. To engage and to be uh, yeah. be in the moment. It's the and same persona and the same person, but it just has to be a different tone. Exactly. And that's a very good way, I think, like just wrapping that up. I think those of you listening at home or on the YouTube, um, you know, that if you're a brand out there and you're working for a brand, try to think of it like, okay, the brand is a human or a person and the audience that you're with, you're going to have to change your language and change how you speak. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like we can do that. And I think that's important. And I, I think more brands have gotten used to that now, but there's still a few that are a little bit laggard behind that haven't done that yet. So I think that it's it's something where a lot of brands have to pick that up again and say, okay, we have to let loose a little bit. And, and especially with something like social media, where we also have a discussion about, okay, being present in, in the situation and the market where you're at, being mindful of the differences. Yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of years, everybody was going, oh, we have to pull back we have to centralize we have to have one social media team sitting at hq mm. that does everything and then and it's always and back and forth yeah. right and then we go oh no that doesn't yeah. work we have to go into the markets and then we burn a do that <laughs> for a like little bit something and then down bring it back in then again we bring it back <laughs> but that's the thing with social media is learning by doing a lot of the good practice i mean it's yeah. you just have to do it you have to try something out i mean that's uh that's the way you find out whether it's going to work or not. Yeah. And I think also organizationally, we see this all the time, right? Yeah. Like the whole, you know, spread it out, distribute it. And then, okay, that felt a little wrong. Let's go back in. And but so. even looking at something like uh, the Danish Broadcasting Corporation, right? That, yeah. that if you go back, what is it? Two, three years, every show had its own Facebook, its own Instagram, and then they just said, we got to pull it all back. Yeah, it's too many channels to manage, right? I actually think that when they did it, it was because that, and I might be completely wrong, and you might be right here, but I think that uh, in the back of my head, it was at the time where uh, politics in Denmark were a little bit, okay, so uh, the Danish uh, Broadcasting Corporation had too big of a budget, (laughs) <laughs> and, and then having like separate accounts with separate yeah. uh, people managing them the all across years. might yeah. might look a little bit like yeah. you you have maybe two big budgets right yeah mm. it's also a thing about yeah what does it look like mm-hmm. it might not be that big budgets but what does it actually look like right people go hmm, maybe they got too much oh. money and for a uh, organization but i think that appearances they just 
we like to tell ourselves, especially the marketeers working in social, that that appearances might not always mean that much. But right. but let's let's talk about something like how many likes does a page have? Yeah, people sitting around this table will probably agree that it matters less and less. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But especially on the organic social side, like. Exactly, but if you're looking at it from a the perspective of a stakeholder in another part of the business that uses these channels to maybe sell into a distributor, it might actually have a significance. Because so, the vanity metric of it saying, "Hey, we've got you know a million followers, we, we're I mean, a big business." If, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if you go into a new market and you say, "So let's look at that," uh, you're meeting with a new distributor and you're going in. Okay, we got this beautiful product. We're really we are on a roll. Everything is going nicely. And then that distributor pulls up your Instagram and you have 500 followers. Yeah, it's a, it, it affects it, how they perceive you. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So the point here isn't. And if we go back to uh, to the Danish broadcasting cases, appearances do matter for some stakeholders. And it's also for us to learn how do we manage those expectations and how right. do we go in and deal with them? Because social media is just such a... <laughs> everybody has an opinion. Mm. Everybody in your organization yeah. has an opinion. And it's so visible for everybody, right? Yeah. And that means that for me as a social media manager, I really have to be mindful about how do I engage with those stakeholders internally and externally and make right. sure that they feel safe in what it is that we're doing, that they're informed. Right. Because I can't just lean back and go, yeah, so I know how it works, so they probably know as well. So yeah. there's also... There's a lot of learning that, that social media managers have to do, mm. or teaching, I should say, with the, with the whole teams and, mm. and what actually works and what doesn't. I mean, I think that's one of the hard things that we've dealt with is is okay this sort of promotional stuff is great for ads but it's not going to work on the organic side mm -hmm. and it's actually not going to work that great on ads either i mean there's a time and place for the sort of hard sell advertising and then there's the time and place for more brand building content wise right so i think that's also been where we focus a lot with mm -hmm. with our clients is like trying to teach them a bit about that and teach their whole organization about that um, and it's, I mean, it's much more sophisticated now. When I first got in social, completely agree that if you go back to like when Facebook started being interesting for for companies, it was very much just about, hey, we yeah. have a platform where we can say something, right? Right. And we just said basically Everything. anything we wanted to say. Yeah. Where today, it's it's much more about looking at what is good content in which stage of a of a buyer's process of, of getting to know a brand right. of, of progressing towards a conversion or or hopefully a purchase down the line right yeah. because what's good content at each step is very very different yeah and i think that's one of the things where where i see a lot of brands are starting to get it that the content you can't just do that one brand video anymore and then just massively uh, promoted across everything right you have to be smart about it and, and sit say, back and think sales are going to come in right mm. yeah. because yeah that's, that's still uh, that still happens a lot and yeah. and no it's not going to happen because it's just not relevant for me as a no. consumer and There's so much noise as well like just one brand film is not mm. going to do it anymore like you really have to be on social uh, you know people will talk about okay is it too saturated and mm. stuff and we go the other way, but I, I, I mean, it's all every brand to their, to each their own to decide how they want to do it. But I'm more in the incline of like more content, figure out what's working, what's not, get more data, have more shots at understanding what your audience mm -hmm. likes. Um, and the sort of old school 
television style, the TVC style of like doing one brand film and hoping that that's going to do it is kind of dead, I think. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add because I just completely agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Of course. Cool. So now you're actually, so you moved on from Dyna Audio and now you're at, where are you at now? I'm at uh, Hummel. Yeah. I've had like eight days at Hummel so far. <laughs> I, so you're so fully up to speed. I, I know everything. I know uh, I have had a wonderful introduction so far yeah. and it's a uh, it's really exciting organization. It's, it's a great a, brand. Great yeah. brand, a lot of history. I yeah. mean, coming up at 100 years. Yeah, most three people years or so or something like in, that. In uh, 2023. 2023, 100 years. Wow. And... Uh, Big, big brand here in Denmark where yeah. I would say that it's going to be hard to find someone who doesn't know what Hummel is, right? Yeah, um, even when you start going south of, of the border, we, we still have good brand recognition. In Germany and, and other in places? In Germany, even if you go to, to something like England, if you go to yeah. France, uh, people will, to an extent, obviously know what Hummel is. Yeah. But I mean, as I said, I've been there eight days. Uh, my, my focus so far has uh, really been to to start creating the relationships that any social media manager needs to have yeah. to navigate a, a large organization, getting yeah. to know my team. I have three really talented uh, content creators mm -hmm. uh, that focus on their, on their own part of the business. So homeless made up of sports, fashion and kids. Yeah. So one person with one exactly and and they just uh hammer uh, out great content mm -hmm. and obviously we need to take a step back now and say okay so what do we need to do more of what do we need to do less of and, yeah. and figure out also the the way that we approach channels yeah but obviously eight days in <laughs> of course but do you have any thoughts on uh, any tips on how to uh, navigate in these different platforms when you're working with the brand now and it's a lot so, different from Confos. Mm, mm. so yeah. uh, not not from a humble perspective i think that the uh, the it it's general. still it's mm -hmm. still too early to for me to to of really course. go down that road but again if we look at how to to navigate channels uh it, it's I'm going to be hard pressed for for that one way of of going about it because it it just doesn't exist. It, it's very much up to the to the brand and where's your audience? How does your what audience like to you? uh, to uh, to engage with you? I mean, um, if you have if you're doing pumps like Confos, if you're doing high uh, high end uh, audio. <laughs> like Pretty. really expensive audio equipment like Dyn Audio did. Or if you're doing uh, Tukun uh, B2C for something like Hummel, where mm. it's uh, selling fashionable sportswear, yeah. the 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 channel mix that you're going to have is just going to be so much different, and the way that you approach each channel is also going to be different. Absolutely. Um, so for me, I think the one thing that I've always tried to do when I've started out at a business or started out a brand and said okay what channels are we on is because there's obviously trying to be there for the audience with relevant content but there's always also that we have to have an impact on the business and saying okay let's start figuring out where is it that we have an impact mm -hmm. where is it that we can deliver value both short term but also long term and try to focus there and do less 
well instead of doing a lot that mm. maybe hmm, that's just okay right. um because i think that if you start in one place and you get good you can then take some of the learnings there and try and go into new channels try to new talk to new uh, new platforms new mm. audiences and yeah. use what you've learned so quality instead of quality quantity. yeah to an extent I, the quality is more about the platform here because i think as you said chris earlier about is it too saturated right now i think that with content it's very different when, than with the platform because if we don't push out a lot of content on the platform we're not necessarily going to get that data and get those insights that we need right. to get in order to figure out what works because if you're just posting the same thing once a week it's going to be so easy to say well it doesn't it just doesn't work well have you tried anything else i mean yeah. what what basis do you have you need to keep experimenting in some yeah. way yeah, so absolutely. so when we start talking content i would i would actually yeah. flip it around and say well that's the place where every weird crazy stupid idea that you have don't be afraid to go out there and push it and especially because the market is so saturated i mean you really have to and you have to edit it out if we're not allowed to swear but you really have to fuck up <laughs> to fuck up right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely because um, things just move fast i mean so when you do screw up like people are oh that was so stupid and bad and then the next day they're on to somebody else's screw up right yeah so and i mean i was telling you guys about one of the videos that we did at dine audio that had the most views of any video that i did with the dine audio where it's me looking just directly into a lens just like awkwardly staring at people and pulling their soul out. Give us a preview. Is that the preview? <laughs> yeah, or something like that, right? <laughs> and no, I was going like this and then looking a little bit behind me and then all of a sudden just changed back into the lens and just staring it down. Just a stare down. Exactly. You guys at home. I'm coming and the thing, for you. And no, I actually also addressed people so it, it okay. got a little bit weird and no, but, okay. but the, my point here is that because we had a video that where my performance might not necessarily have been the best it's probably one of the videos that i've learned the most about mm. where right, yeah, where, yeah. where the have, are where you learn exactly where we got a lot of insight into okay so how does the audience actually like what way do we engage with them when should we look at them do they feel like because there was a lot of people that felt that i was condescending to my guest because i was looking in the camera mm. it was like <laughs> obviously that was not what i was going for no. but having that knowledge that okay can i time? come across yeah. as condescending and having a conversation afterward yeah. actually taught us a lot about it and and at once we didn't go 180 in the other direction because we still felt that it had some some um, a, a place and a, some value yeah but definitely there was something that we could take to the next next episode right mm -hmm. and that's the thing that if you don't screw up how are you ever going to learn? Yeah, absolutely. You have to experiment. You have to be able to fail. Mm. And if you don't, then you're never going to learn. You're just going to continue yeah. Yeah, doing the same thing. Mm. Status quo, right? So I firmly believe that. Mm. Um, you were talking a little bit about platforms and, and trying to figure out sort of what to do on each platform. Is there anything that you've got your eye on right now I think in terms of platforms that you're like, hmm, this will be interesting for Hummel or for any brands, really? I think that obviously if you, uh, if you, look at where we're heading i think that still youtube is is uh, severely undervalued for a lot of brands yeah, a lot of untapped territory there exactly i think that we see some businesses that really get youtube 
yeah. and it's running with the ball and they're going to be so so difficult to catch up with um i look at something like tiktok mm -hmm. and say how in how can brands start being a more active player on that platform and then obviously something like influencer marketing mm -hmm. i i see that more as a platform than than just another new uh discipline in marketing because it it is a if you're smart about influencer marketing it's it's just a huge platform with uh, untapped yeah. potential right yeah we were talking with um before the podcast we were talking to you about our guest yesterday mm -hmm. is dia madsen from playstation mm -hmm. and she was talking about how they use influencers and i think they had a really interesting take on it that they're only using influencers that'll work with them for free like true fans yeah. like people that just want to work with playstation yeah. because being the brand of and obviously yeah. that takes a lot to be that brand yeah. but i think i mean you're obviously working for one that has fans and has people that are like yeah. very fervent about it so i would go out on a limb here and say that i think that almost any brand if they put in the diligence and the time the patience can find those, those fans. i mean yeah. even at, even at any place I've been, I mean, I'm at Hummel now. I was before Hummel. I was at, and believe me, at Hummel we have people that just love the brand and the the values that we have, the karma uh, that we're trying to put into the product and the world that we operate in. Mm -hmm. Before Hummel, I was at Stevo Systems that did software, right. and I mean, even a software company will have people out there in the market that just committed. are so committed to it because that they see the value of this product. Mm -hmm. Going back to Dyn Audio, I mean, we had fans. I mean, hardcore we had nerds. hardcore, yeah. hardcore audio, fans. Audio and, fans. And the same goes for Confus. Yeah. And obviously tapping into that takes time. Is it the right thing to do for every brand? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But for some brands, tapping into that community and, and opening it up as a way to create content that really resonates because it's authentic, mm -hmm. because... A lot of it's if not you, just somebody getting paid for it. It's somebody that's like, "Hey, I desperately want to make this for you." Actually, and if you look at something like PlayStation, I mean, for the different games, it's communities, it's culture, right? Mm -hmm. This is people that live and breathe what they play. They, yeah. it, it's just what they love to do. And when you can tap into something like that, and you can get people to do it for you, and and communicate, generate content, and do it authentically you're just gonna have such an so such, so <laughs> the road into that audience is gonna be so much easier yeah, sure. than it's gonna be it's gonna feel mean, real it's not gonna feel forced right and that's what i think mm -hmm. i think you're right when it is coming to influencer marketing like doing it in that way where it's it's more organic that's um and we talked about this a few episodes ago that influencers are a bit for sale mm -hmm. And I think that's can that's kind of yeah. can be, mm -hmm. and that's kind of caused a bit of problems. But I think we're getting to a place now where, or I hope, mm -hmm. where brands are getting a bit smarter with it. We've had the influencer marketing thing for a while, mm -hmm. so now we're getting to a place where it's holy man. <laughs> this is the episode of problems. <laughs> it is a Halloween episode. It's Artie, do you want to fix that? Keeping sorry, this is I awesome. Love it. We've I never, mean, this is never, because hey, is it this is just this is just real life. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. I wish exactly. you guys could see this at home, those of you listening, but we've had <laughs> encourage you, know, you we've to had see lights these. turn off, we've had fruit flies flying <laughs> around, we've had 
lights almost fall down. So <laughs> it's exciting this Hopefully episode, not. and it's always when I'm talking. I'm going to stop talking, <laughs> and then we can get through no, this you episode. You have so good insights. Thank you. Yes, but influencer marketing, I think it's changing. I think, like we said, like it's getting more professional, and and, and uh, it's it's on both sides, right? Yeah. It's influencers starting to realize that even when they get to a point where they have millions of followers, if they start because they start becoming more of, of publishers. Yeah. They have so much reach, they have so many followers, they they get deals that are so big where it's just so easy to see that it's because it's good opportunity. Mm. Where and brands are starting to see the same thing if they go in and partner up with those ambassadors and influencers it's going to lose the authenticity yeah. that was just so crucial in yeah. the beginning of influencer marketing. So right? it's cleaning up a lot, right? Which is good. And I think you're absolutely right when it comes to YouTube. We just see massive potential there. Um, a lot of brands that haven't really figured it out. And it's a it's a missed opportunity because there is such a great audience there. And you can do such great long-form content that can really get people deeper into your brand yeah. than any other platform. And I think... We do TikTok. We do both YouTube and TikTok content here for our for our clients, and I think TikTok's been just the most surprising at how much growth there is mm. there. Um, you know, where where the brands that we've worked with have been able to, you know, basically increase their followers by. And I know we talked about followers being a sort of a vanity metric, but just going from zero to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand followers in no time at all. And I think, I think that's exciting. And I'm still, TikTok for me is one of those platforms where I feel, as I said, I have a kid now. I'm mm. starting to feel old. And when I open TikTok, I, I, I feel, really, I feel old. really old. <laughs> so that's one of the platforms where I know that I have a lot of, of picking up to do. And just from the whole is followers vanity metric, obviously followers uh, became a vanity metric on something like Facebook because paid got into the picture right yeah. because there were so many people on there that facebook had to curate your your news feed that yeah. you had to pay to play basically yeah. and i don't know well enough i don't know tiktok well enough and the algorithm to say if followers is is the same here well followers it's a weird one for for tiktok because a lot of people don't even go to their following tab mm. and see who are they actually following and getting content for. Most people are spending time on the For You page, mm. which is mm. essentially like Instagram's explore feed, mm. right? So they're going to, they're not even going to the the feed of like what Instagram or Facebook mm. would be. They're just going to explore and yeah. staying there. And I think that's, so you could say, well, then does building an audience matter so much? And I would say, no, it's actually more important to just be continually putting out content mm. that that really resonates yeah. with an audience because that's what's going to mm. put you into more eyeballs, not how many people follow you, right? So it's, it's quite interesting what's and going on there. It's the chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. Because does uh, does success come with a lot of uh, followers or with good content? And going back, okay, so that was actually a pretty bad metaphor because I would always say that it comes from good content because if you continually put out good content, people are going to find you. Yeah, but that Obviously. is the way it is for TikTok, mm. right? And I think, you know, and you can't really buy your way into the audience so mm. much yet. I mean, there are some, there is some secret hacks that you can do to get more audience there. <laughs> so I don't know. That's about another wanna, episode. That's another episode. We did a TikTok episode before, that's actually, where we talked Christmas about thing. these things. But a Christmas. A Christmas gift giving, for you guys. Giving away secrets. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you are basically 
you know, put to task of coming up with good content that is maybe on trend, mm. relatable to you and your audience and your brand. Mm. And then, you know, you have to just keep rinse and repeat and keep doing it over yeah. and over again. So I think that's a, it's a kind of a, a perfect platform in that sense because it is so democratic and mm. who gets seen and who doesn't. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting thing. So. But I don't think you're completely wrong about that analogy with chicken and egg, because even though you have a lot of content and great content, you still need some marketing to support that as a brand. Yeah. So it's not completely wrong. Like it's Because that goes back to the whole that it's for most of the platforms now it is pay to play, right? It, you, yeah. you, mm. Even even high quality content, if you don't have the right distribution strategy behind it, exactly. can yeah. end up can end up just going well, to uh youtube's definitely that way for most mm. brands right like you have to have like we release this podcast mm. on youtube and we need to throw paid media mm. behind it and to get mm. more views on it otherwise mm. i mean our 120 mm. followers on youtube it's not going to really do much for us right so i think that you have to have a strategy you can't just throw it on youtube but i think that the thing with something like youtube and, and going into video content is that for video content, also knowing how your audience uses the different platforms and then being smart about, okay, so how do I design my video content for each one to lead that that viewer to a, a more in-depth ex- experience with the content? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at something, we had a platform at Dyn Audio called 23, yeah. which is a, a an on-site video hub. Yeah, 23 is great. And... But what we could see is that when we got people into our website and and viewed the videos on website, mm-hmm. I mean, it was ten times longer that we had that viewer compared with on a different platform compared with YouTube. That's and if you if you looked at then YouTube to Facebook mm-hmm. and Facebook to Instagram, right, that starts to tell you a little bit about okay, so how should I? distribute this how should i atomize that video to make sure that we create some interest on instagram and we push that user through a journey where they at some point end up being interested enough to consume the the full length piece because also pushing that user towards the website obviously gives us more data to work with it gives us the ability to put a product in front of you or sign up in front of you. Or a couple of years ago, you could put a cookie and you could use that. Obviously, that's gonna that's harder now, right? Yeah. But but again, being smart with the insights that you can can get from a lot of these platforms about how is it that people consume your content. Video is obviously easier because it's hard for people to see how long they spent with a an article or, or just a written post of, right. on Facebook, right? You don't know how far they got on it. They could have spent 20 minutes on the page, but it could have been on the first paragraph. Exactly. Right, yeah. But it's a completely different game with video because a lot of a lot of the platforms tell you, okay, they spent X amount of time yeah. and the average view, and, and you can really use that in how you approach uh, the production of a video, right? Mm-hmm. And even something like that we're doing here is, okay, let's make a, a, a sneak peek for Instagram and something yeah. for TikTok and something for Facebook and then try to lead that traffic either to the pot or, or to YouTube for uh, consuming full length, right? Yeah, I think you're spot on and I think it's great that you're at Hummel now because I think that's also something that uh, they'll really benefit from, mm-hmm. that sort of mentality of, okay, how do we... How do we cut everything up? How do we put things in different mm. platforms? How do we lead people to the website or to wherever for purchase or for deeper brand engagement? So I think 
you're spot on. And I think a lot of brands need to start to really take this in and start thinking about this whole ecosystem of content. Even looking at something, uh, as I said, I was at a brand called Stevo Systems uh, previously. They uh, they just they know their stuff in, in software. They do master data for like some of the world's largest brands. And they have this uh, Connect conference. And obviously this year it had to be virtually. But they yeah. ended up doing like 40 sessions with like top thought leaders on a range of topics. Wow. Full-length 30-minute episodes, right? Where you mm. where I was just like, oh, oh my God, all that content. Mm. If you're smart about editing that, atomizing it, you, yeah. you just you You've got have years worth of stuff. Years worth of stuff because a lot of the things that they were talking about obviously has a longevity, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the the theory that goes into master data that will yeah. obviously not change that much over the years, which just you get credibility, authority, you become the thought leader on the topic. It, it's just mm. incredible to yeah. see what you can do if you're willing to invest. Mm. Yeah. And obviously that investment then also requires good execution and good distribution afterwards. Because yeah. if you don't have that, you, you're just making content for, uh, for, you know, to have on one platform and then it just goes there to slowly die. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, uh, but I think it's brilliant. And I think Stebo has been really an interesting case as well. Mm. Um, so what are you most excited about then for for Hummel then? Because you've so, done a lot in all these different places. And, and so, I think so what I'm most excited about is that for the first time, I'm at a at a brand where I have the full funnel. Yeah. Okay. So um, at Dyn Audio, we didn't have a web shop. At, at uh, Grundfos, obviously, we didn't have a web shop. At Stebo, very different way to to a, a purchase, right? Um so, so, so now you can go from straight like brand down to the middle funnel down to the end. That's some that's the thing that that's I've that I've been talking a lot about is is figuring out the the buyer's journey and how content platform and audience fits into that. Yeah. And now for the first time I actually have the opportunity to say okay so a lot of the stuff that I've learned throughout the years how can I actually put that into play into a a a B2C brand where we have from brand to to web shop and conversion and loyalty afterward and try and and figure out how content, how understanding the platforms that we play on, how understanding the buyer's journey can come together. Yeah. That to me is super exciting. That's nice. I am That's a dream scenario from every I think everybody in social media really being able to go in and see the whole thing. Exactly. Um, like we were talking with Dia yesterday about yeah. the same thing. Like she's really happy. She's been on both agency side and, mm. and the other side, she's really happy to be able to take the full thing now mm. and look at the, the entire picture. So I, I think mean, that's really I mean, exciting. If, if I look at my team, I mean, I've only been with them eight days, but I've, <laughs> I've been so impressed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we have, we call them business units, right? Or categories, whatever you want to call so in sports. I have a sports journalist doing content mm. and in the fashion one, we have a, uh, a, she's been with the business for five years now. She's really deep into fashion. The team that I have right now, I'm looking at it. I can see we have the full funnel to work with. And I yeah. have an incredibly talented team of three people that know how to, to create content really know each of their areas really well and nice. it's just about finding out where is it that we can put our resources to use in the best most impactful way 
and then start showing results, even if they're bad. I mean, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, how can we design this bias journey in the right way so we not only increase the brand perception and brand awareness in, in even a market like Denmark, but also abroad, and, and obviously use that to lead more people through a journey that ends up with them buying a product where they get really, truly happy about it and stay loyal. Yeah. And how can we use that loyalty to build like a recurring uh, a cyclical uh, purchase from them, right? Right. Yeah. So I think one of the big questions that I have for you and probably our audience at home uh, or at work, wherever the hell you are in your car, <laughs> Do you get free shoes? I Do don't get free, get free shoes. That's not what I was supposed to ask. <laughs> I have something else in mind. You have something else in mind. Yes. Okay. So you don't get free gear. I, I got some. Discounts? Uh, I got some. And obviously, it, I, I haven't been there long enough to know what I'm allowed <laughs> okay. to say. So. <laughs> okay. No. That's a, that's but a, obviously, that's with a any brand, topic. I mean, with any brand, I think that tapping into your employees making sure that they live and breathe the brand and they wear the brand is going to be important. You're not a very good ambassador. (laughs) As I said, eight days, eight days down the road. You didn't get your merch yet. Okay. We were going to actually show up in all humble gear for this. We thought, okay, but what if he doesn't show up with all humble gear? Then we're going to be like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. I will say that having spent almost five years at Dynaudio, the only piece of Dynaudio gear I got was a, 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 a small, one of our smallest loudspeakers because I, I were in a shoot, like in a proper shoot mm-hmm. for them. And I had to sign away my rights for everything. Okay. And, and I got a Dynaudio speaker for that. That's so nice. I got one thing. That's good. But I showed up, and I mean, I had Sonos at home. Oh. And I was like, that was not, that was frowned upon. That was not okay. Oh, okay. I can but see I w- that. I always said, hey, yeah. either give me, give me a discount or raise my pay. <laughs> <laughs> or preferably both. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, okay. So, but next time we have you on the podcast, we expect we you. Will, we will, we will, everybody out. in full homo. Yes. Yeah. But you Is know what? In the meantime, we can give you some stuff. Oh, so yes, exactly. So you wear so that, don't feel bad that you didn't get any merch yet. So we have something for you. We have a little care practice Oof. as a thank you that you can take with you. After. That's very nice. Tell the listeners at home what, what can you yeah, expect. What's in there? What okay. What am I getting? Only one thing. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what we have a one? little branded Ooh. t-shirt. Yes, yeah. Cupco. So you can wear that. Yes. And then some stickers. Ooh, that's going to be good for the laptop. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. And then, of course... That's going to be good for uh, being have, on, on kids, holiday. Though. Exactly, yes. you have kids. Yeah, but I'm with the in-laws. They can take care of the kids. That's not for the laptop. <laughs> don't don't do one of those. <laughs> and of course, our little popular tote bag. Social media sex. There you go. So when you're back at Hummel I in, a, in a couple of weeks, you can yeah. show it off. That's good. Cool. So um, <laughs> are we going to leave this here now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit branded content. Oh. <laughs> and Chris's old cat. No, no. From the I will archive. say that I look terrible with caps, so uh, so Good. you actually uh, saving me a little bit by. Uh, Take whatever. I have to wear a hat, or else like I blind everybody on the show. <laughs> so I try we'll to hide. Try to hide my dome. So um, okay, so I have another question. You have another question, not because the you, humble. Obviously, gear you question. have a lot of uh, experience mm-hmm. working with social media. Do you have Do you have any tips? for the future generation in the industry when considering going 
into social media as a brand. Yeah. Um, so two things. Uh, if if we talk about being either at home, not knowing what you want to do, but you want to work with social media, being at college, uni, thinking this is the path for me. Um, start testing yourself, start coming up with your own concepts, start uh, experimenting with video, with something like we're doing today, podcasting. Uh, right. Dip your toes into that and, and know that it's probably going to be beneficial for you. Don't be afraid of messing up. I think that's one of the, the things that I've said to everybody that I've ever talked to about this. If, you, if you're afraid of making mistakes, that's going to haunt you because you're never going to get out of that comfort zone and learn yeah. what works, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, be prepared to, to go into an industry where it's, it, con it constantly changes. There's always something new that you have to be... Um, you have to keep in consideration. So instead of, I th for me, I'm not a specialist at all in social media. I'm not a specialist down in Facebook or Instagram. I've stayed a generalist. Yeah. Uh, and that on a lot of levels is, is really beneficial for me because that means that even though I'm not comfortable with TikTok yet, I, kn I have the tools, yeah. the experience to get yeah. there. Yeah, of course. And know that you're going to go into a discipline where it's still a it's still sometimes a struggle to convince an organization yeah. to prioritize it yeah. that that this is as much a part of your uh, channel mix as tvc as out of home and to try and convince people that just because you can post whatever you want you shouldn't because you <laughs> wouldn't do that on tvc or out of home it is a proper channel and we have Point. to treat it that way and then gear up to talk to senior managers about it in that way and, and, and know that you have to be really good at argumenting for why is it that we shouldn't do everything right. and, and why should we treat yeah. this as a proper channel. I think that's solid advice. I think mm -hmm. that's, um, we've definitely, I, would, I wish I had that advice when I first started out because I think it, there was a lot of learning. But you learn along the way. Do you have any tips to share? Just don't get into it. <laughs> get out while you can. Choose a different major yeah. now. Um, <laughs> go into VR or something else. Uh, no, I think that my tip, my tips would be the exact same. And I think, um, but I think you're right. Like you do have to make argumentation for it. You have to know what is going yeah. on here and actually fight for it because nobody's just going to hand it to you. And, and that's like it. I think it's like every channel in some way you have to argument for why are we doing spending money here versus spending money there. anywhere else, right? Exactly. So you're going to have to fight for it. It isn't a place where, like you said, uh, all the resources are. Um, so you have to be scrappy. I think you have to learn, like you said, try out making your own videos, try out doing your own ads because every brand that I've ever worked with has always been like, okay, how can we do this? With a, with a sort of a skeleton team, right? So you have to figure out how mm -hmm. to be that gorilla, you know, yeah. team that just comes in and, you know, can do stuff really quickly. And I think that's uh, where I would say spend your time learning versus just, uh, you know. And, and the last thing for me is definitely uh, I've learned throughout the years working that internal communication about what you do as a social media team, especially in large organizations, 
it's just crucial for having confidence in the team from uh, from your colleagues from the rest of the organization from senior managers because you can easily get wrapped up in this being a the wild west where everything is possible and you can just send one tweet out and see that explode mm. but 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 having a focus on letting the organization know what you're doing, why you're doing it, why it's ever changing, why likes and followers might not mean as much today as it did two years ago or five years ago. Having right. those conversations is gonna, that's gonna help you a lot because it's gonna give you the, the room that you need to navigate to, uh, to go out and experiment because you show the organization that you you are keeping your eye on the ball and you I yeah, mean there's a lot of internal sort of stakeholder management I think you're right mm -hmm. and like every role and I think but I but I do think social media has been maybe scrutinized more than others I'm often getting the getting this sort of like what's the ROI of this no and I think discussion that's, and I think I think that's fair but I also mm -hmm. we also push back and say well if tell us what a good ROI is for you. Like if they say, what's the ROI of this? And let's go the other way. Tell me, okay, what currently are you doing that's giving you great ROI? And oftentimes that's met with, well, we don't know. So <laughs> then you're like, well, if you're then demanding a great ROI out of this, but not this, why is that? And then you can unpack that a bit. It's but not the whole combative. It's just like trying to figure and out that, what's up that's going an, on. another beast with social media right the whole metrics game because yeah. it's so different we were talking about the uh, the funnel before right mm. and i think that social media often gets uh, measured on do you drive sales yeah do you drive sales how much did you sell a lot of it's and, in the funnel right and so. obviously that's a part of it because we need a social marketeers social media marketeers need to show that we can do that as well that we can convert the audiences that we have but I think that the rest of the organization need to the, needs to learn as much from what we do in the form of community building, brand awareness, uh, brand perception. Right. And saying that's equally important mm. because if you just do the sales uh, cycle where, oh, now we have a uh, sales event, sales event, sales event, which just spikes, yeah. you, you're not going to move the, the lower bar that much. And, and building community, building brand, that's the, the staircase, if you will, right? Where you take a step up and then you've taken a step up yeah. and you can build from there. And it is a funnel for a reason, mm. right? And a funnel needs to have a large audience at yeah. the top to get to that sale, mm. right? And if you think that you can just go straight to, to sort of we got We got the, uh, the, the spooky uh, <laughs> lights going again. It's the lightning round. Yes, yeah, it's the lightning it round. We but if we, if we need to answer before it stops, that's gonna be that's gonna be hot for me. Me, yeah. It's like somebody's car alarm. <laughs> Can we add that sound effect with the in here? Before? We have uh, worked with agencies before, definitely, and I think that what we at at Dynaudio, what we had was a really core team where. I, um, we had the ability to do a lot on our own, but we also worked with agencies strategically when we needed to. Mm. Right. So for a lot of the day-to-day, -day, for a lot of the stuff where it was building community, doing content marketing, uh, 
informing people about our industry, we could do that on our own. Mm. But obviously when we had campaigns where we had a, a higher creative bar to meet, we had agencies that came in and pitched Right. Uh, pitch uh, different ideas. How can we improve on what we're already uh, doing? What shouldn't we do for this campaign? Uh, so yeah, we've worked with agencies, and I think that agencies, to a large extent, has a, a big role to play on on a range of things. But I'm also very cautious about brands that go full in on agencies and don't take ownership of the process themselves don't take ownership Maybe of social as a channel for sure. yeah. because a it, large part of it. It, it, it there needs to be if you use an agency there needs to be a partnership where you as a brand know your audience you know your product you know your organization which is just as crucial because if you start promising on social media there's going to be a product that needs to live up to it. There's going to be a support team that needs to live up to it, a retail sales yeah. uh, um, part that needs to live up to it as well. So understanding that audience, uh, that part of the business is just crucial. Mm -hmm. But also knowing that for most small, medium-sized businesses, like going full in on social media is going to be very time consuming and, yeah. and being smart about when to use an agency to create content, to go in and work with strategy, to help out with paid can really be a big benefit because you get fresh eyes on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And I think you're 100% correct when you say that a brand can't just lean back and let the agency take the wheel. I think that's a misstep. Right. I think it is a collaboration mm. usually and you have to be able to um, have an in-house team and, a, and an agency mm. team that you work with, mm. close with or, or a bunch of agencies uh, to do various different things. So I, I firmly believe in that structure because it's also about like keeping that knowledge also close. Mm. And also most agencies don't have that full sense of like everything from top to bottom, what's working mm. and what's not there has to be that liaison with the brand to figure out, okay, what actually is working like? Mm. And if you don't have those sort of people in-house at the brand side, then you're kind of missing out on the, the sort of major benefits of social. So I 100% agree. Should, yeah. we, should we do a little, uh, just to sum up, like a little lightning round where we kind of uh, summarize how social media can create the full funnel for brands? Did you guys have okay. a lot of thoughts? I mean, it is broad, but it's uh, okay. What but do you, you, you guys talk a lot about? The question is how um, how you see social media can uh, can I don't can um, I don't I want to I don't want to say create, but uh, fulfill the full funnel for for brands. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just tips in there. Yeah. Tips. Okay. So on on the funnel side. Um, I think it's important to understand what content is good for which part of the funnel, like we talked about in the in this. So make sure that you have, you're not trying to do sales with with brand awareness campaigns, and you're not, and vice versa. That would be my one of my tips. Yeah, uh, for me, you just stole my tip. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I think that well, what especially with something like video, it, it's. I was talking about this earlier, but really understanding how to use it at the different stages and how yeah. to say. I remember we did a campaign at Dyn Audio where we were at this really uh, old castle 
where we use that to do a really creative brand or product awareness phase. Yeah. Uh, but we realized that if you just had that part of it, it wouldn't work. So when we were at location, we also made sure that we had cut downs that made sense in the next step right. that got closer to the product. And so that when, when we were at the very, like, very yeah. final step of that process, we had different video from the same place. So we had that consistency across the campaign that you were doing. Right, mm -hmm. so when you're creating content, think about the entire funnel. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I think also the other tip that I would have is like, e-commerce is so big now. Like even brands that you don't think, oh, we can we can never be e-commerce. I think you can, like I think there's so much room there now. So, you know, in terms of the whole funnel, think about should our brand even be e-commerce? Probably yes, then how do we start building that funnel? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a tip. Um, I'm He's just on the picking. hot seat now. <laughs> no, but uh, there's another one here is think about what you're going at here is again, think about the market that you're in because we, we tend to tell ourselves that especially in the market that we, that we live and breathe in because that's where our HQ is, that that's the whole thing, right? That's right. how it happens all across the world. But I mean, at Dyn Audio, we saw that in, in China, we could sell loudspeakers that cost around 200,000 Danish kroners online. I mean, that changed the whole way we thought about right. selling our product at the different stages, because if you can sell a product at that price where you can't experience it because it's sound and you're buying it online, yeah. that, needs to, that needs to do something with your thinking. Yeah. So again, what you were saying also, look at the market that you're in, mm. how do they use the different steps in that funnel? Um, because that's as crucial. It's a very good tip. Yes. I think that's been a good lightning round. Really good. Nice. Thank you. Hope uh, <laughs> it creates some value for our listeners. We're going to cut this part up into like a very succinct lightning round yeah. where lightning. we're going to have lighting effects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Real lighting effects. Yes. Okay. So I think that's it for today, guys. Thank you for all the tips. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having Where me. Where can people connect with you? So I'm on f almost everything. I had a TikTok bef when it was uh, Musical.ly. <laughs> yeah, I remember And that. I did a couple of really stupid videos. And I it's really- It's out there. Once it's I out there, it's I there think wherever. It's I out there. Tried. Find it, people. Find it. I think that it's not because I don't think TikTok got all of the content straight from Musical.ly. Because I, I can't find it anymore, find it. which we'll is really it. good. What was your username? Uh, He's not it's, saying. it's always just Christopher Kaolf. Mm. Okay. So that's easy. Well, you know what? You, our listeners can try to find it, and then they can win a, a little tote bag. <laughs> if you can find Christopher's content, I did hit us this up in the comments, a, and we'll get you something. Because you had to do it to music, like, and I was acting yeah. out what they were singing, and yeah. it's just, it's bad. So if you find it, please keep it we to yourself. We love cringe content here, so. All right, so they can find you on TikTok and where uh, else? Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Twitter, but I'm not very active yeah. there. I think LinkedIn and Instagram is where you would want to connect with me. Okay, we'll put some um, links in the show notes mm -hmm. and on YouTube as well, so they can connect with you. And best of luck at Hummel. I think it's going to be a fantastic journey for you there. And congratulations so, again. Thank yeah. you. We're looking forward to seeing what you do there. And uh, thank you for the goodie bag. You're I'm so looking welcome. forward to, uh, to having a glass of white wine tonight. <laughs> I guess <laughs> might chill at first though. Yeah. So, so thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening and see you guys next time. This has been the social media sucks podcast.